Hey, we're back. Hiatus is over. Um, we haven't gotten better. We weren't honing our podcasting craft. But uh, for those of you that are new, uh, you are listening to the Audio Combat Podcast, hosted by us dudes and Gorgatron. Uh, today, uh, this is Cam, for those of you that don't know or care. Uh, we're going to talk to Pete Campbell from the Mighty Pentagram. Um, various other projects and he recently has a solo project so we're going to cover all that I'm actually instead of doing the interview and then coming over the top of it oh um, I'm just going to I'm just going to call the motherfucker right now let's go so there we go Hello. Yo. Hey, man. How's it going? <laughs> hey, brother. How are you? Yeah, you know, out here doing God's work or whatever, whatever the fuck. We always have to do God's work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, fucking, it's been a hot minute since I have done the podcast, but uh, we're back in full swing. So, but more importantly, when I spoke to you earlier, you said you were... You were marinating some meat, some ribs? Ribs, buddy. All right. Yep. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, we here at Gorgatron take our food pretty fucking serious. So. <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's raining. Uh, are you in Minnesota? We're, uh, we're up in Fargo, North Dakota. But oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm from Minneapolis, Twin Cities area. So. Yeah, we're sitting here in gloomy st cloud minnesota ah the wonderful st cloud i oh yes but it's raining like a motherfucker all day it's like it's just terrible but i took i'm taking the grill out anyways and right. we're gonna go and do some rips and that's uh that's how you do it up here you just have to yeah i got a bunch of steve miller lights so we're gonna go ahead and do them up <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah brother no yeah i i uh i cut my teeth in st cloud in my younger years uh playing with a bunch of shitty punk and hardcore bands. I used to play shows with a band called After the Burial before they blew up. <laughs> I remember that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, After the Burial. Yeah. The I think you played shows. My other band, uh, Buzzard, played a couple shows with them. Hell yeah. Way back when. I mean, that's a long time yeah, ago. I mean, shit. I, that, I was around there in, like, two mid-2000, so, like, 05 to 07. So, a lot has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right, right. right. Sick. Uh, one more important question about Saint Cloud. Then we'll get into the the meat and potatoes here. But is old? Is, you gotta get some taters. Yeah, yeah. This, this kind of shit's important to me. And for those, we have a lot of people from the Midwest that go to Saint Cloud that listen. So, is old country buffet still a thing? It is not. God damn. It fuck. is sad. It's a sad deal. Man. A sad thing. There is no more zero <laughs> buffets. That's in, not even, in this area. Not even Bonanza, huh? But it really have Bonanza's there. Okay. Right, and, and, and they made their, like, salad bars a big motherfucker. All right. Yo, is it, can I curse or no? Oh, yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you oh, want. Okay, I didn't know. 
Um, yeah, it, it's huge, man. They had like fried chicken and all kinds of good shit in there and taco bars and all this. But that was it. Then we used to have a joint up in Sartell, um, right across the river there that had, it was a nice buffet, but then now they're gone. Okay. So there's nothing. Yeah, OCB is gone. We used to call it the trough. Go to the trough. <laughs> you know, hung over as fuck, grab a couple Bloody Marys, go there, and fucking just eat. And then, yeah, no, she's gone, man. Okay, God, that's a that's a fucking that is a bummer, man. That that bummer. It's me. a bummer. I think uh, you you get down to like Maple Grove is the closest uh, old corral. What are they called? Golden Corral. Golden Corral. Yeah. Yeah. They you have, got one of them in Maple Grove, but you got to drive forty fucking minutes to eat. Hey man, I drive forty five minutes for a cheese fountain. <laughs> I would too. And their, their shrimp is pretty fucking dope. <laughs> awesome. Hell yeah. Well, fucking. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're already there. So, like, so you're from Minnesota, or did you just like relocate here? Like, what's what's? Oh, the... yes, sir, man. Born and raised. Born and raised. All right. Here. So let's so uh, let's get some let's get some history and background. I I'm sure you've done this one a, a little bit, but you know, for those of you guys that li- are listening, you know, they they don't know too much. They know that they know what pentagram is, and if you don't, and if you don't know who right. Heavy Metal Pete is, you oughta. So, basically, I don't know, like, how the hell did you get started in Minnesota? Because I know my story, and so does everyone's. It's it's kind of a pain in the ass, but not really. It is. It was. But, um, yeah, I was born. Actually, my, my house that I just bought, I look right directly at the emergency room, St. Cloud Hospitals. It's in my front yard. And I was actually born there um, back in the, Jesus, what, when was I born? 1978? All right. Good year for Kiss Records. I always look at years as Kiss Records. There you go. That's that's not you know, a bad because way to like '86 sucked, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But '78 was awesome because we got the solo records and Dynasty. Yes. Oh, yeah, Snowblind. Yeah, is... yeah we're, we're, we're graduated from Stock Rapids High School, man, right across the river. And, um, played in a bunch of bands around here. I was I was playing in a cover bands when I was like. 14 and I had to get like a lawyer. Um, so, I was like, yeah, no, that like the band had to have a lawyer for me so I could like be in the bars after nine o'clock. Uh, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, back in them days it was nine to one. You know, you played all these gigs. I was like 14 years old. So okay. I had to do all that, get all that shit. And then, yeah, then moved to Maryland for a while and joined the uh, band up there called 60 Watt Shaman. So we lived up there and did all that. We toured with Zach Wild and Clutch and CLC and all these really cool bands. So it was that was a, like my first kick you right in the nuts, walking the rock and roll. Yep. That yep. wasn't at the city limits. Remember the city limits? Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, we used to play there all the time as a cover band. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. Was just like a kid that was. A lot of people thought I was really good on drums, and I think at 14, whatever. So we just started playing, and then we got the gig on a, on a different level. And I think I joined them when I was 18. So it's kind of yeah, it's been 25 plus years of rock and roll on, on a professional level. You know? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's the dream, man. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, especially in this day and age, man. Like getting out there is. Uh, it's scarce. It's tough, man. It's, it's scarce. It's like I couldn't, I couldn't think of being a new band right now. You know, I don't know how it would work. 
but the, you know what I mean? Like trying to get your name out and getting on shows, especially with all that COVID shit. Now you're all like, especially with us, with Pentagram, with everybody, you're starting over. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, like, uh, like for instance, uh, you know, the, uh, the dudes in Gorgatron, we had like a three year campaign of recording, um, you know, back and forth with a bunch of labels, got signed to a label, and then we're getting ready to go on these huge. We were going to do like three, four tours in 2020 for the album release. Uh, you know, finally legit, not DIY tours, you know. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, uh, depending on how agents and their feedback was, we were looking at 2021 in Europe and how it is. Because, you know, we're a death metal band or extreme metal, whatever. But, you know, once you kind of break over into the Europe part of touring, like you kind of, in a way you're set, like you can you can continuously do shows and there's no like huge breaks and then COVID happened. Yeah. And then <laughs> like once things slow, cause we stayed as busy as we could in the Midwest. Luckily some places were still open and shit to do shows. But, uh, once everything kind of lightened up, uh, agents, you know, and talent buyers and promoters, when our agents would hit them up, would be like, well, do they have anything new? <laughs> and it's like, dude, yeah, it is new. Yeah, we our, just haven't had it in two years. <laughs> yeah, our, our new album that we haven't toured, it, it, it's still new. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it wasn't just us, man. It, it was everybody. Uh, so now, um, you know, we're back to the grindstone. We got an EP, a new album, and a bunch more new shit we're working Which on. Which label y'all on, man? Uh, we, we ended up working on a deal with uh, Nuclear Blast. with their. We did a sub. Oh, yeah, fucking A, man. Great people. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did. We did a quick something on their. They have a subsidy label, but it was kind of the right deal that we wanted at the time. So, but we're the subsidy ones are the ones to go for because they still got the mothership. Right, exactly. You know, and the mothership they do. And they were <laughs> and they were willing to try you know a new approach and you know easy to work yeah. with instead of the kind well, of. You did that uh, many moons ago. I think it's almost twenty fucking years. Uh, we had a band called the Mighty Nimbus, which was. Uh, at the time, we got signed to Three Man Recordings, which is in Tunes label. Okay, yep. So we were the only band on that label that A was American and B didn't have a member of Entombed in it. <laughs> you know, because they started their own label to put out their own shit because they got fucked by everybody. Right. Yep. You know, after after Wolverine Blues, you know, everyone was like, yeah, yeah, and then they put out their next record, and then Warner Brothers dropped him or Columbia. I think it was Columbia dropped them you know because whatever so they started their own little label we were the only band on there that like i said was was american a not swedish and didn't have fucking someone on it right and their american label was candlelight usa okay which i love candlelight records i mean it's emperor for fuck's sake right right you know, so it's like, so that was really cool to have because then we went on a candlelight usa tour which was with all the bands was us Propane, remember Propane? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It was fucking great. It was us, Propane, Crowbar, and Entombed. All right. I, uh, the, some of the Crowbar dudes, those are my dudes, man. Oh, they're my dudes, too, man. Kirk Wilson yeah. one of my fucking best buddies. Tommy Buckley is one of the greatest cats on this world. Hell, yeah, brother. But yeah, it's just, just, so that was huge for us. And then we got home, and and then Candlelight dropped everybody. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Including us. Which is fine, but it, but I still have the record on my wall. You know what I mean? Like it's, I remember going to Best Buy 
um, in, where were we? We were like in bumfuck fucking Kentucky somewhere, man. And going to Best Buy and like seeing our album in the, in this Best Buy. And it was like, hey, that's the coolest <laughs> thing. And I remember stealing the uh, little card that says, the money in this. I stole that fucker. Hell yeah. Uh, just to have, just cause it was like, man, wow, far out. We did this fucker for nothing in our buddy's basement. And then like our boss is in tune. Right. You know, which right. is like the greatest thing ever. That's fucking. So, yeah, that kind of shit is just really cool. But so the subsidiary guys are the way to go, I feel. Yeah. Because uh, they're, like, they're trying to push it, you know? Yeah. And they, and most of the time, like the crew running a subsidy label, like they kind of have their ear to the ground and want to get into kind of the underground market but put it in like the the bigger stores back when we had sure. like and, F- and then, but then knowing that you still got mama in your back pocket exactly yeah you know you still got the big guy in your back pocket so you can kind of do what you want it's great i think that's that's super cool but trying to get a label a record label these days it's, it's just okay. no one wants to do anything unless you know you're selling something so like me and my brother andy who's actually the drummer in the Money Nimbus, we started our own label. We got our own record label right now, and we got, like, five releases coming out. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, at this in this day and age, I mean, the the saying is, you know, it's the age of the indie artist. And, like, there is a glass ceiling when it comes to where you can get, you know, without label and their connections. But for the most part, I mean, if you look, at least in, like, the underground metal scene right now, speaking of Entombed, like... Uh, you know, my buddies and I joke and call them cobweb zombie bands because of the imagery. But there's a lot of bands. Out, there's a lot of bands out there doing the the entombed thing, as if entombed doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't anymore because it's fucking poor. My brother, God rest his soul, LG, he's gone. But like in like entombed AD was killer. Yeah, it was like it was entombed, but it wasn't. You know, and all that kind of thing. And but certain, you know, like clutch. My boys and clutch, they have yeah, they their have own. Third, they have Third Man, yeah. and they put out. They have a killer band called yeah, Lion. Brother Maker Music. Yeah. You know, uh, my guys in Fu Manchu had the at the dojo, their own little label, yeah. where they could put out their own little ten-inch records and whatever, just like collector stuff. And you know, you're not going to get that stuff on Columbia right. or something like that. You're going to get it from the band. I think that's so cool. It's kind that of the only way do to do it. it. I mean, for Christ's sake, I mean, Doom doom bands, you know, Stoner Metal, whatever you want to call it, the last, like, 15 years have kind of kept the physical media world alive, in my opinion. I mean... Oh, absolutely. And then there's the, 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 the smaller labels, like the ones that... Um, I mean, I'm dealing with uh, Cosmic Artifacts that are out of Germany. Small little fucking label. But at the same time, their product is beautiful i mean they'll do like seven different colors of a vinyl right you know so it's, it's a collector's thing and all that and to me it's just it's great man i mean it's, it's a great time to be an indie artist if you can a fund it yourself because a lot of it you're going to have to pay for it if you don't have label support but then again label support doesn't mean a goddamn thing right you know right because most of the time they're keeping most of the actual information away from you and feeding you. Think about that for yourself. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I've got royalty checks literally for 27 cents. (laughs) You know, it it costs more money. I have it framed on my wall, man. I have a check 
from Spitfire Records for 27 cents. Uh, I, I know a dude, uh, Darren, <laughs> the, the dude, Darren Miller from like CKY, Foreign Objects, Moral Under Blood. Uh, he, he was talking that he has a, a royalty check where the stamp on the mail was like it was more yeah it was more than the check it's just, right. it makes no sense but that's kind of the old model and that's where we're at now yeah. is that, like, there's and, this the, new, the new that's getting out. you know what i mean like a lot of these bands aren't you know if you do it yourself or have a little small little label they're going to give it to you i mean like the contract i have with the cosmic guys he gives me 50 records yep. like vinyl records and that's mine like, I can sell them, I can do whatever the fuck I want. You know, and it's, but then when I remember being on Spitfire Records, which was huge at the time, I mean, that when you're talking Deep Purple, Ted Nugent, you know, all, all these huge bands, and we would get CDs for tour, but then didn't make a fucking sense because we had to pay for them. Yep. That's kind you of, you know, it's like, whoop. <laughs> yeah, I work with so I, I kind of like work or liaison, whatever you want to call it, manage a few smaller bands kind of on the up and up in the Midwest. And they always come to me because we live in the age of like Instagram, where it is a it's a useful tool, but everyone everyone and their mom has a label nowadays, and which is it's yeah, a yeah, good exactly. thing. And then there's some that are just like, so I've had a few of these younger bands hit me up like, hey man, you know blah 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 this this label hit me up and i'm like okay did you talk to them and they're like yeah i'm like well that defeats the purpose of me working with you <laughs> if you're gonna yeah, if you already talked to them what's yeah, the point but uh basically but, was, but, but you know your record label is only on Bandcamp, right exactly. you know, and, but, like that. and that's what i'm getting <laughs> at is so like you know if, whether they've talked to them or i end up talking to them you know when it comes to the quote unquote and anyone who's listening if anyone approaches you any time about your band or project, the only thing you should say up front instead of, yeah, man, that'll work. Instead, you say, make me an offer. And then you can go yeah, from there. What can you do for me? But like a lot of what these bands are getting offers with, and they kind of agree to on Instagram with these Instagram labels, is they, they end up paying, like, yeah, we want to do cassettes with you guys. Okay, cool. If And then these labels are asking the bands to send them like 300 bucks. And then they only yeah, get to the fucking tape. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like that's with, your job. Why man. would you? Yeah, and my question, I'm always asking, like, why would you pay for your art? That doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> if anything, you right. should work it out where they can print. You know, you you guys agree to a number of physical things printed, then you get a percentage of that at no cost. You know, that's sure, but then physical copies for you to make some money back. Exactly, but like that's yeah, a, I mean that's what we do with uh, with our CDG, our label that we have is we'll we'll press a hundred, let's say fifty to hundred CDs, only because it's like a limited deal. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then the band will get twenty five half right off the fucking back. Here you go, go make your money. Yep. You know, but we're gonna the rest will sell online or whatever, and then we can recoup what it took to make it, whatever. But you got. 25 50 cds you sell them at 10 bucks a pop you're talking 500 fucking dollars right you know so like good for you like go bam go 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 yeah i mean the, but yeah a lot of these people you have to pay that's almost pay to play yeah and that's the fucking don't it's get me sad, started on that. <laughs> don't sad. get me fucking started because on that you know why that's happening it's because like you said you got all these bands that are going oh fuck yeah record label oh they love us yeah we'll do whatever and they don't like read it or like 
look, you got to get everything in writing, man. Yeah, but they're just like, yeah, oh, yeah. we'll do whatever. Fuck, you're going to put all our shit on tape? Oh fuck yeah, man! And that's that's kind of an issue that I see a lot. Once again, with the cobweb zombie bands, not to <laughs> demonize anybody, but, but it, it, it's more of an image thing. And you know, like, oh yeah, we're on a label, and oh yeah, look at these professional pictures, but there's no crowd pictures because there was no crowd at the show. <laughs> and it's just exactly if, if exactly. you're, yeah, I mean, yeah, image is a part of being a musician and shit, but it shouldn't be your first. And that's no, that's kind of a thing absolutely. I've noticed. There's like this weird trend in, in of all places in the metal world, and it it's kind of funny. Where I my whole thing I've noticed is how come I know more about your personal life than I do about your riffs or your fucking band, dude. Like for sure, for sure. And I yep, see it's I, one of those one of those deals where you you talk to I talk to fans all the time. People, you know, like they get a hold of me all the time, and because I I, I offer that like come on bring it on like i'll if you need anything i can help if i can help in any way i will just to spread the word you know what i mean and like you'll read this stuff that they send you and you're like what the fuck are you talking about it's almost like it's like it's not what you know it's who you know in truth is is fact yeah you know what i mean like it's fact like me and you wouldn't be talking if i wasn't in panoram yeah well, yeah, you know what I mean? it, that, yeah, I mean, it's no, and that's so luck or not luck, but uh, success in the music industry with what you said is sprinkled on top. But the main roads are when luck and perseverance cross paths. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, then that's all put together by people you know, you know. It's all, yeah, it's all what you it, know, it's who you know, but at the same time, your shit's still got to fucking speak. Yeah. You, you know, like you can't just skip out on having a good song and riffs and just be with whatever the the social trend is and how, you know, whether it's just, everything's just mixed up. And it's, it's, it's my big worry is it's the loss of music, especially in what uh, people are trying to claim is like underground metal and music, but I don't hear any music or metal. I just see you guys dress that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And thank God the backpack phase is gone. Oh God. (laughs) The backpack rap and all that. Yeah. Right, oh, but it, but that's absolutely what it is. You look at the band pictures because we'll get like press kits, you know, all that shit sent to us for to, for releases, and I'll instantly. To me, it's like obviously you're gonna listen to the tunes, but it's a visual thing as well. Yeah. And if I see a guy wearing a black Sabbath T-shirt, I'm instantly out. Like instantly because it's like yeah okay obviously you're a doomed stony band and you why wear a fucking black Sabbath T-shirt in your promo picture yeah you know to me it's like it's that instantly I'm just like all right this is gonna we, be fucking hand of doom on every fucking song yeah you know or I've got guys that send stuff that are wearing pentagram T-shirts so it's like oh, yeah, that's cool but it's cool it's like, but it's like that's not like gonna yeah, because what he's trying to do is fucking spread butter across toast, man. Come on, man. <laughs> That's a good like, saying. No, I mean, well, like, spread butter. <laughs> we, uh, we just did photos a week ago, and I sent when I messaged everybody, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to tell you what to wear, but just don't dress like a fucking NASCAR driver with band logos. Absolutely, and th- we do that. I mean, I've been doing that my whole life, even like on on stage. It's like you can go watch any band with a pair of jeans, a boots, and a you know, boots and an Alice Cooper t-shirt playing guitar. Yeah. It's like, you know, 
you're on stage, be professional. It's like, so even in Pentagram, we have a, a rule where there's no band t-shirts. You know, you're not promoting Iron Maiden. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's in all that kind of stuff. So it's like, be yourself, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it's weird to me. But it's, I don't know if it's like because I think I think different only because I've been in that. You know what I mean? I mean it's, it's you, you've been around and, like, there, there there's definitely is because I know a few other dudes that, I mean, I'm from a family of uh, touring and studio musicians, um, but they're they're in the the funk and R and B world. But some of them came up with Prince, and sure. even in that world, you know, you're not going to be wearing a Rolling Stones shirt when you're on the stage with Prince. <laughs> if you're going to be wearing Absolutely. any kind of thing, it's going to have something to do with the revolution. You know, it's going to be all in house. Um, right. But like, yeah, man. It, I think image, like, to, to, my point is, image is just as good, if not more, than the music. Because you see things twice. You see things audio and visual. Right. So I think if you can make it work on both sides, that's great. At the end of the day, I'm listening to music. But at the same time, I'm not going to look at this fucking dude with a sleeveless cut off black Sabbath t-shirt and a bun in his head and a backpack on him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like instantly like, man, you're just a tool. Like right. you're you're in the, you're probably the worst dude in this band. Yeah. And that's kind you of know? that's kind of like <laughs> and then once again, and then we can move on, is like I see a lot of the, the underground cobweb zombie bands right now. And the music just sounds like to me it sounds like entombed. Um and then the image is like they're going for the early 90s you know fucking hot white high tops which back in the day there was like a deal with like nike and some labels where when you got signed you were giving you were given free shoes you don't yeah so like it's at the point when i see press kits and promo pics of like up and coming underground bands and i'm like yo all of y'all have a $200 bootleg shirt you bought from a tour before you were alive. <laughs> like, right, 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 and, right. And you have... It's like I just bought me and my daughter, my three-year-old daughter. Yeah. Um, just, I'm a huge Kiss guy. Like, I, I, if it wasn't for Kiss, I wouldn't be I'm in the playing same, music. I'm in the Only same because boat. when I was a kid, I remember, like, looking at Destroyer, that record, and going, what? And they were superheroes to me. And, like, in school, I was like, Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, like the comic books. I'm like, no, what about the space guy? You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, dude. And but she's totally in the kiss right now, which is so cool. She walks around the house with the, the Destroyer record under her arm. That's amazing. That's you amazing. know, so we went, to, we went to Wally World today, or Walmart, we call it Wally World. But we go there, and they had a kiss um, World Tour 1977, you know, just a bootleg thing for $7, and I bought it. You know, just because. Yeah. Will I ever wear it? No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's just... It's, but I hear you. They got... These dudes are wearing fucking t-shirts that they have no fucking clue what that band is. Right. Or they'll spend... Yeah. They'll, <laughs> like, you know, uh, there's... My one of my old bandmates, he sold a bunch. He, you know, he grew up with the '90s death metal shit, but he just he doesn't wear those clothes anymore. He right. sold a Morbid Angel hoodie that he hasn't worn since like '90 fucking eight. 
he sold that shit for like four hundred dollars on eBay. Oh yeah, man, absolutely. And, and Some of that shit goes. I get being a collector. I used to collect a lot of Kiss shit. I sold my Kiss Love Gun action figure set, never opened for like twelve hundred bucks, like five ten years ago. I get right. it, but uh, to be like man fuck capitalism and all this in your lyrics and then turn around and you've spent five hundred dollars on your outfit <laughs> for your metal <laughs> right yeah and, right and you're like, not you even don't, you don't wanna, yeah, yeah you're, you're you not wearing platforms yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, i've got clear t-shirts that are gray they were black you know they're gray i've had them that pantera t-shirts right now that i hold that i had in high school <laughs> you know it's just like I keep them. Like my my collection of shirts. My wife, she she's just like, dude, you're a hoarder, <laughs> you know. And, and then so I collect shirts. Like every band, I mean, I've ever played with. Like opening bands. That's the one thing I love about fucking rock and roll tour is the opening local bands. Oh yeah. Because they have they have twenty five minutes maybe, and they're playing in front of a sold out fucking show. And they have everything to prove. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like they're up there just blowing their fucking shit up because they know that, like, these people are going to, you know. Oh, and there's, I found so many cool fucking bands that were the opening acts for, like, shows. And it's like, man, and I buy their stuff. They try to give it to you. And you're like, no, dude. Like, you're on the road. So here you go. Here's 20 bucks. You know, so I've, I've got, man, I would. Shit, Cam, I'll tell you, probably 5,000 black rock and roll t-shirts. Hell yeah. You know, some, some of them I've never wore. I'll, I will never wear, you know, because they're hideous, but it still just, it reminds me of that show. Yep. No, I get it, man. That's, you know what that's, I mean? that's And then that's post, my two posters, I, I have, goddamn, 10,000 fucking shows. Every show I've ever played in my life, I always take the poster off the wall. Cool. That's uh, yeah. That's yeah awesome. You know, it's just like little shit like that where you're like, man, because then you look at the bill. I remember playing in Savannah, Georgia, in man, that was sixty watts. So it was like two thousand three, two thousand three, two thousand four. So we're talking almost twenty years ago, and Mastodon was the opening band. Amazing. They were the <laughs> opener. You know, this is before they became fucking obviously the greatest band in the world. Right. But like. They were the opening fucking band, and then playing Richmond, Virginia, on that same tour with this band called Burn the Priest. Okay, yep. Who is Lamb of God? You know what I mean? So oh, it's just yeah. like watching that shit. Like, wow, man! I remember, yeah, like Mastodon being the opening local, the local band in Savannah, Georgia. That's how I always talk about after the burial. Like, I remember seeing them play in like Wait Park and shit like that. Like small, like. Uh, daytime venues in a strip mall, <laughs> you know, for like after school shows. And and then, what's that other band from Minneapolis that uh, got big for a while? I saw I saw them in Washington D.C. at the nine thirty club. They opened for Slayer. They were uh, American, not American um, Head Charge. That's it. Yeah, I remember watching them at the press bar yep. in St. Cloud. Yep. You know, but the, 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 then there's support for Slayer. But this was. 20 some years ago right. but it was just like man those dudes are from fucking minnesota man like what yeah, the fuck man, there's and that's a cool thing like and like it's it's kind of still around um there's a lot of i don't know there's some new bands that like it's cool to see them getting on the up and up but 
sometimes they're taking these it's not i don't know how to explain this one um there's a lot of like newer bands that hop on these big tours and it's like whoa dude this band's playing with this huge band and then they have to drop off the tour midway through because they're not necessarily paying. Well, they, can't, they can't afford to stay on it. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm getting at. It's like they're not paying. The they're not paying. There's a lot of bands that pay to jump on those fucking shows. And that's just it. That pisses me off because there's, there's so many good bands that like deserve to be found or something or get that shot, but they're always kind of overstepped by it's, someone. It's that's, all about the fucking mighty dollar, dude. And it all stems down to... Um, <laughs> At the end of the day, they're paying to do it, so it's it's um, it's paid promotion. But once the money runs out, they're not on those tours anymore. Right, and most of the time, it, it ruins a band. Good for them. <laughs> nice. That's good for you, you dumb fucker. You just paid fucking thirteen thousand dollars to do three shows with Megadeth. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, sweet. And how'd that work out for you? Yeah, you broke up. <laughs> <laughs> you broke up, yeah, because the bass player fucked the singer's wife, and the drummer got hooked on heroin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So that being said, <laughs> awesome. No, I, I'm with you on that one, man. It's uh, that's why. Once again, that's why riffs and songs first for me. Um, we do, and it's all. That's why. That's what I'm saying. The opening. If you're just like the local guy. Uh, and you're playing all these shows with all all these bands, and all of a sudden someone's going to go, fuck, those guys rule. I mean, that's what happened to two of my bands. That's why we went on tours, because they're like, man, you fuckers kick ass when you come on the road with us. Okay. We'll give you X amount of money for a guarantee, and we're like, okay, at the end of the day, you're not making any money. You're, you're paying for the cap and the hotel, because at the time, you're not in a bus, you know what I mean? You're just DIY in a van. Mm-hmm. But it, it's still getting out there. You know, and, and to have that admiration from your peers, to me, is what it's all about. That's, it's not like, these dudes are opening for us because they fucking are paying for our butts. Right. And, you know, I've had some of those come across our desk where it's like, you know, hey, you get like a three or a four or five week tour in Europe and this and that. And you get on the bus. But it costs this much, and I'm like, what? yeah. But but then that band is paying for the bus. Exactly. We've yeah. done that too in Pentagram where we took some bands out in Europe. I mean, fuck, I've been to like my. I have a drum kit sitting in fucking Germany right now. Right. You know, just so when we go there, it's there. And those you know? those offers I get because like yeah, you're paying for the bus, the driver, the crew, you know, the promotion. Yeah. I get that. But then there's the ones With that opening band. That's what they're paying for. Yeah, then there's the ones where it's the same amount of money, but the band has to figure out their travel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right, they have right. to figure out their gear. And the, I've seen a few of those tour offers that we got, and then we said, nah, we'll pass. And then the another band takes them, and they get, you know, they fly over to Europe, and they last like two days, and they have to drop off the tour, and they start a GoFundMe. Yeah, they're, using, they're using the support band's gear and it's a fucking crate blue voodoo or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just a shit shit. And then the drum kits are just, like, terrible. And that's why I we got a kit out there. We got guitar amps, everything out there in Europe because I was sick of the backline stuff. Like, we would hire, like, obviously professional backline companies, 
you know, to like, to, you know, rent the kit and rent all that, but it just was never the same. Right. So it says, we'll just buy one and put it in a storage unit in fucking Belfast in Germany. Yep. Just like there. So every time we go there, I got my own drum kit. It's there. It's mine. I hear you. Yeah. Whatever. It's right, all good, right. Brad. So <laughs> obviously, um, I, the things to cover here is like, how, how did the pentagram thing come to fruition? Like, how did. You knew the guys, or you jammed with, uh, God damn it, the guitar player beforehand, right? Victor. Yeah, yeah Victor Vic- Griffin. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I was in a band with him, a band called Police of Skulls, um, his band out down there in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, I was in that band since, fuck, forever. I don't even know anymore. My, my math sucks. The only way I get it's like, I don't even care, right. but... Um, yeah, so it was with Victor, and we did, I did a bunch of, a couple of European tours, and all that with Place of Skulls, and he, he was, um, in Pentagram for 30 fucking years. Right. And, then, um, and he was doing that kind of while Pentagram was on, like, a hiatus, right? Yeah. yeah. So he, he quit, he, he's quit more than he's been in. <laughs> yes. He's a great guy, he's my heavy metal stepdad, that's what I tell him, you're my heavy metal stepdad. Um, so I've known him forever. So I would do that. And then I've known Bobby because when I was in Maryland, the 60 watt pentagram is from DC. So it's like right there. So like pentagram, it was like the only bands that mattered at that time, early two thousands was pentagram and clutch and this band called nothing face. You remember nothing face? Kind of. See, I, I'm friends with the dudes in CKY. And I remember, you know, obviously their drummer is good friends with Neil from Clutch. But there was like a few pentagram, yeah. like random pentagram CKY shows and shit. And I remember hearing yeah, about yeah. Nothing Face. Yeah, Nothing Face was like a, a band out of Maryland that got really big. They had like a hit and they, they were like a big deal in there. So we would do all these shows with Clutch um, because our guitar player in 60 Watt um, is married to John Paul, the drummer's sister oh, okay so yeah. J, yeah jp was his stepbrother okay so we would 61 would go on to a clutch all the fucking time and we, we ended up hooking up with pentagram somewhere but that's when bobby was just a fucking wreck right uh, you know um so i've known bobby since 2003 2004 uh, just off and on at shows because all that shit and then um Pentagram was doing all this stuff, and I remember asking Victor, because they were looking for a drummer. This was like 2012, 2011, or some shit. And I called him, I said, hey, man, I'll come do it. He's like, no. He's like, PD, no, you are not getting involved in this. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, just because he knew it's just a, a fucking shit show. I said, all right, then. That's cool. And then a couple years passed, and and then all of a sudden he called me out of the blue. Um, we were actually stand. I was standing on top of the Kelly Inn in St. Cloud, Minnesota. They had the, the Granite City Beer Fest or whatever, like okay. at the Civic Center. We were drunker and fuck. And my, one of my buddies was a cook at the at the uh, Green Mill there at the restaurant. And so we went up to the roof to smoke a fucking Jaybird. Went up there and also my phone rang and it was Victor. And I was thinking, man, this, this dude calls me 
when he wants something. So he needs something. <laughs> you know, like, right. like, you know, always talk to me like, we're, gonna, we're cool. Like, he's my, he's my head and my stepdad, but he'll only call me if there's something. And he called and I answered on the roof of the Kelly and let them know in the city of St. Cloud. And he says, Petey, how would you feel about uh, coming and saving the day again? Oh. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, man, fucking, we're, we're in the studio right now. This was the Curious Volume record, the last okay. record we did. Yep. And he's like, will you come in and fucking finish these drums, man? Like, do the drums. And I said, absolutely. Like, he offered me whatever, all this, kind of, you know, some, some stuff. And I said, fucking right. So then I flew in, I flew down to the studio, and everything was done. Like, all the vocals, guitars, bass, everything. So they just scrapped the old guy's drum tracks, and I had to play drums over stuff that's already recorded. That you've never heard. And... <laughs> I've never heard. I, I've had like three days to listen to tunes, but I'm like, hey, it's pentagram and whatever. I can do it. Right. But it, but it's so tough because usually you start with drums. Yep. You know, like you build it. So I was uh, I was playing to the song cover already there. Wow. Which was cool to me because it like it was discipline for me. Right, you know, as as a musician, as a drummer, it was like this is fucking cool. That, that's and cool. then at the end of the day, Greg, the, our bass player, Greg, ended up playing bass again over. We're re-recording his bass to my drums, and so we're like, cool. So I got like a, I got paid to do the record, and then Bobby's like, why don't you just join the band? Can you can you join the band? Will you join the band? Right. I said, well, and then we start talking. I was like, fuck yeah. So that's how it happened. It was like a, having me come in to finish the record, but then end up joining the band because yeah. we kick it. That, so that, <laughs> I'm a, that's kind of cool. Now I can go back and listen to that all, knowing that aspect of it and kind of listen to it that way. Um, so right, that means, that's why I can't listen to that record because I know I could have done more. Like, I'm one of those dudes that when I record, I hate recording. I love the process <laughs> of recording, but I hate it because it's there forever. Yeah. You know I mean, I, like, it's there forever. It's documented. It's fucking on tape. It's yeah. there forever. I, and I wish, like, when it came to Curious Volume, like, I would have had more preparation and, like, got to feel the the vibe and yeah. all that. But at the same time, I was playing to a cook, 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 right. cook, 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 At the same time, I bet there's people <laughs> out there, and I'm one of those people that'd be like, that's why I would like that album that much because, right. you know, you can't right. do it like that. Um, Cause, cause there's some things, there's some tunes on there. Like, they're all good songs. There's a couple that I could give a shit about. But there were some that were like, man, for, like I'm proud of my performance. Right. Knowing what I went through to do it. You know what I mean? And it's like, so it's cool. That's how, So that's how that happened. So then, so did, then like, you ended up doing the, were you on the, because I saw Pentagram on the tour they did with Bang. Were you drumming with them on that run? No, I joined like a week after. Okay. But at, at Mill City Nights, you're talking. Yeah, I, it was, dude. Yep. That no, was, I was uh, there. Okay. Yeah, I was there. Bang was great. I was just gonna say, dude. They, for me, man, like I was kind of familiar with them, but seeing them dudes live, I was like, man, yo, Bang yeah. is out here, sly as a motherfucker, <laughs> killing it. <laughs> yo, Bang was better than Pentagram. Yeah, yeah. They, they sold it. They... Actually, I played. Actually, uh, my other band, Volgari, opened up. Okay. So I, I did. I did play. That so show. it was you guys. Um, was it Radio Moscow? 
Radio Moscow. And then yep. Bang and then Pentagram. Bang, All right, so yeah. yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, so I didn't play that show. I just wasn't in Pentagram at the time. Because you guys but had I was like there, a, big, big, yeah. There was a guy with like a, was a seven or eight string guitar in your band? Yep, Todd Hogg, man. All right. Yep, he, he's uh, in the band Power Mad out of Minneapolis. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Shout and out Power Mad. <laughs> yeah, Power Mad. And then he, at the time, he was the head brewer at Surly. Okay. I wonder if that's who. I had a dude that was talking to someone because we were gonna do like a we were gonna play like that Surly Fest thing they were doing. Yeah, yeah, Darkness Day. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Huh. Yeah, Todd. Todd was the guy forever. Now he's at uh, the last couple of years. He's been at Three Floyds out there in Chicago. Okay. Small world, man. Well, yeah, we played. Yeah, we played that gig, and that's when Victor was kind of taking me to the side, and Bobby was too. Like said, "Hey, man, like fucking." We're going to be calling you for something. Because they were recording at the time, and then they stopped to do that tour thing. And it just wasn't working out with their the other drummer guy. And so I guess it just kind of got the shit, like went the shit in the studio, and fucking homeboy left, and all this shit. And it was like, uh, what? You know, <laughs> so then that's how I got the call. So that's how I joined the band. Okay, that's, that's so, fucking cool as fuck, man. Yeah. But it was a motherfucker to record that record. It really was. Because, like I said, you're doing it backwards. Yeah. You know? But still, I still love it. It's still good. I still got I got it on my wall, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, fuck. Um, I got a few more little questions here, and then we can, I don't know. I, got, I, I like to burn my candle at both ends in the middle, so I actually... On top of this, in the middle, I, I cut it in half, so I got two. There you go. See, that's the I gotta <laughs> I gotta get on that level. But no, I got I gotta go drive across to Thief River Falls, and I do cameras and audio for like pro wrestling events and shit. So, nice. I'm a huge wrestler. What's the organization? Um, I work with one called Time Bomb Pro. They do like deathmatch wrestling, and then the other one I'm working sure. with is called Destination Pro. And they were, bring that shit to cloud town brother yo we uh i was actually talking talking with natalie from midwest metal promotions um we might be doing a time bomb thing and we can do one in st cloud that would be we we've done a few at in minneapolis like at part wolf which recently closed but um we'll figure something out dude i'm down i think that'd be great yeah i've been a wrestling fan forever yeah i have a buddy of mine who that's all we do it's like we get together just for AEW pay-per-views. There you go. <laughs> All right, bro. But now that they're doing that fucking, what's the name, that Forbidden Door with New Japan? Yeah. It's going to be so old. So, yeah, we had, so uh, cool. we had, for Time Bomb, we had Suzuki up here this um, oh really <laughs> yeah dude like it's weird because it's you know some of the best dudes in the midwest and then we had we had gangrel up here last summer we just had sandman sure. yeah, sandman yeah we had sandman last week <laughs> so it's like yeah we, we it's weird it's the weirdest shit but it, it's cool as fuck man and yeah i got involved with that when i was trying to find something to do with my time because covid happened and right here i am now I'm trying to fuse it all together. Yeah. <laughs> so my buddy was telling me that you you were in. I'm gonna flip the script and interview you, motherfucker. All right, let's roll. Okay. Uh, but you were in Green Jello. Yeah, so I've been jamming with Green Jello since 2012. Um, Bill basically, 
he yeah, I've met Bill a couple times. He, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he like <laughs> Yeah, he quit doing music for a while and then like opened a nightclub. Like with the first rave club in LA actually in the mid nineties. And then he got a hair up his ass to go on the road again. So he formed a band in two thousand eight. Got back on the road, and then he realized, like, oh, yeah, I hate being in a band with people because <laughs> of the We're egos flat. and the fighting <laughs> on the bus and bullshit. And around that time, he decided to do franchise bands or whatever. So basically what he does is he flies out from L.A., and he lands in Tim the Fuck Buck 2 and gets in a vehicle with people. So most of the time, he's never met them. Then they go to the venue, right. and they, they play a show, and whether they know the songs or not, he still puts on a great show. Great, yeah. I saw the, well, I remember when it was Green Jelly. Yeah. Um, saw that a couple times, which is cool. I mean, like, it's great. I remember, I remember that video as a child. <laughs> you know, the little thing playing and, and saying, man, these are just a poor man's guar. Right, right. But it was still cool. But then, but then like, knowing that, don't they hold? Doesn't he hold like the Guinness Book of Records for the most band members? members? Yeah, ever? It's, it's like a, I'm number four fifty or four fifty. I'm pretty sure I'm four fifty, and I think they're at like nine hundred now. Oh, it is. I thought it was like in the hundreds. No, okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's bonkers. Like, I mean, Todd Todd Evans from Mobile Death Camp, formerly of Guar, uh, Corey like yeah, Mobile Death Camp, yep, Corey Smoot. Wasn't that Casey Orr? Casey Orr was in it. Yeah, like, Casey Orr's in the Death Camp. Or no, that, that's Todd Evans. Casey Orr was in Rigor Mortis, and he's currently mm-hmm. he's back mm-hmm. in war. But like mm-hmm. the amount of like the dudes and Psycho. But Stick, Todd Evans was a beefcake. Yeah, yeah, he was beefcake. Yes, yes. But yeah, okay. dude, the amount of people that have been in Green Jello. I mean, the dudes from Tool. It's it's kind of funny. It's hilarious, actually. Yeah, I remember like I read something about like Maynard was in Green Jelly. Yeah, he's the, one who, he's the one who does the high pitch. You know, Not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I have met that. I think that shit's rad. But once you read the mystique about it, and then I watched some documentary on the YouTubes with uh, Brad, or, or what's his nuts, uh, the singer guy. Oh, Bill, like, Man, this yep. dude is like a fucking goddamn genius. <laughs> he's got like, like a psychotic fucking musical genius. He's, like, he's the punk rock maestro, man. Like I, I've seen him pull himself out of some of the craziest situations and then come up. Like, I just watched a video of him a week ago. He has all this historical, like, movie set shit that he's just acquired from Hollywood. And he just has it in, like, uh, in collectible toys and Kiss stuff. Because he did the Kiss reunion tour in uh, the mid-'90s or whatever. Like, they did that at his studio in L.A. Oh really? Yeah, he did all the pictures. The, the what's the what's the song? The Psycho Circus. Yeah, the Psycho Circus. Yeah, the Psycho Circus. Uh, Bill <laughs> Bill from Green Jello made that music video. Oh, really? With the 3D shit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So anyway, he's got all this like expensive history, and he just has it in a shitty U-Haul storage unit. And a week ago, I just I watched a video for an hour of him drilling into the lock to get all of his shit because he didn't pay his bill. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> hilarious. The guy lives in chaos, but then again, that's that's uh, that's that's life. <laughs> so. so maybe you can answer this. What's the 
relationship between Green Jello and Brainerd, Minnesota? Uh. I, I don't does he because have there's I, I remember seeing like posters and Facebook posts, whatever, that Green Jello was in Brainerd, like playing fucking the Blue Rocks, I think it was called. That might Brainerd, have been around the maybe I didn't do that show because I, I mainly play all the Midwest shit. So anywhere from Wisconsin. Right, but I thought I thought that he located to fucking Brainerd or something. You're like No, he had a So yeah, he had like a franchise so he had a group of guys that um it was like a, a hired thing yeah yeah so like there was a That's fake it. there was a band that just took the liberty of doing green jello shows without bill for a sure, while sure, sure okay maybe that's it yeah and, and uh, yeah they kind of got ousted for hey why is, cool. that'd be like if you yeah. went on the road without like bobby <laughs> you know everyone would be like yeah, well, we have. we've done it twice <laughs> oh well I, I mean, I guess he went to jail. malevolent creations <laughs> yeah, out right now without fucking one of the members, but it happens. It happens. Ooh, which, which member? Uh, Phil is not on is the tour Phil? right now. Is is Rob Baird playing? No, it's. Oh man! Uh, without Phil and Rob, that's not malevolent creation. It's like Napalm Death going on Barney, right? Or Shane. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I don't. <laughs> I, I don't foresee Barrett doing projects again, but. Uh, it's basically it's the dudes who played in Solstice for a while with Alex Marquez, and I, I think Phil's having some health issues, uh, <laughs> so they say. But who knows? Who knows, man? Oh, I love that old that fucking uh, In Cold Blood, yeah. one of the greatest metal records ever, and Joe Black. Yeah, Joe, Joe Black, Joe Black classic, classic. God damn, man! I listen to that night and day. Fucking Joe Black, I love Manila Creation. There was a Find Out a Murder. Was that it? Yep. What yep. it was called? Too? Yep. That was a good record too. Yeah, my favorites are Envenomed, obviously Retribution, and the first album. But they're a cl- they're my favorite old school death metal band. And right, especially for Tampa. You know, like oh, like yeah. you have your scenes. You know, like I'm I'm at the point in my life where I I listen to a bunch of music, but I always go back to my old stuff. Yep. But when it comes to like new music, if it's out of Sweden, if it's out of Stockholm or Gothenburg, I love it. You know what I mean? Because it's like that, like classic rock, witchcraft. You, you like witchcraft at oh, all, yeah. or graveyard? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, like graveyard. I saw that. So once again, it's a small world. Uh, Jess from CKY, he brought graveyard over on their first U.S. tour, and lent them all their gear. This was when they had their self-titled album, and then when they put out their second album, he loaned them all of CKY's gear to do it. All right, shit. One second here. Um, Jesse lent them we all. We played the... with them. Yeah, I played with them in Sweden when, and it was like, just they were support for Pentagram, but they had a bigger. People left after Graveyard was done. Yeah, and we're like, well, who's the headliner? And everyone was gone. But it's, it's like that's great because they fucking rule. And then I saw them at the fine line too. It was that in Minneapolis. I was at that show. And so what happened with that show is the, a band called Cadaver got put yeah, on. Yeah, from Germany. They, they, were not, they were supposed to play at the Hexagon, but the promoter or someone, like, something happened and something was weird, so their agents worked something out, like, literally with, like, two hours and to Cadaver go. Cadaver was on the show. And they got them on that show and fucking blew Graveyard out of the fucking water. Cadaver's great. Yeah, fucking Tiger, the drummer, he's the shit. Dude, yeah. And I remember getting into that show for free because it was a Surly Beer event. Okay. 
so like Surly promoted it, so we were on like Todd's fucking thing. So we went in there and and I remember like meeting all the dudes and they were like, Oh, I remember hanging out with you in Germany. Like, yeah. yes. Absolutely. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, that was great. And I remember the turnout not being so hot. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing because like graveyard every time i've seen him in minneapolis like packed house at the trip like sold out triple rock and shit like that right man but i think that comes down to venue as well like it's it's weird to like triple rock it doesn't matter the show's always going to kick ass because it's the fucking triple rock and r.i.p the triple rock (laughs) you know but the fine line is more of like a i don't know it's weird that was my first time being there that was my first time being there so i mean and I haven't been there since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I think the one I I played there once. I played there one time, and that was it. And then saw the the cadaver graveyard show. Was like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, this is fucking great. Yeah, the last new venue I went to in the cities was that Fillmore, and that that's actually a pretty dope place. It's a what does that used to be? Was it something? I I don't know if it was a different name or something, but uh. It, it's kind of equivalent. It's the same size room, I think, as the Myth. Out, okay, but I'm, I'm, yeah, it's it's, it's it's not as like corporate feeling, or if that makes sense. It's it's sure. yeah, it's kind of lax and chill. It's got a really cool. It's got a big ass chandelier. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I, I I've never seen the scorpions at the Myth. That was fucking great. It's such a small little place. You see the scorps. Yeah. You're like, yep. It's rules. But there's no more of those bands. There's no more of those venues anymore, really, if you think about it. Yeah, man. I it's uh I know right now we've been trying to put together this uh we're doing a tour in the fall time and a bunch of our normal contacts like <laughs> they closed down <laughs> over the last year yeah. or two years. So there's nothing it, 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 like even up in your your neck of the woods. What is the dome still there? The dome is, in fact, um, I just did, did a show there, but um, we we got lucky, like at least in North Dakota and South Dakota, like we kind of weren't ever shut down um, fully. Like my band, we did our CD release like mid pandemic 2020. The news came out. <laughs> it was kind of fucking. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck it. and like <laughs> we we're like, yeah, I mean, we're we're going above and beyond what the state's asking for us to do. So I mean, we're doing our job. But you know, buy our CD. But uh, I don't know, sub, but yeah, all over the place, especially on the coast. Um, so many killer venues that we would play at that would, you know, take time out of their schedule to like put on a unknown band in their region. Um, oh, right, absolutely. Closed down. Absolutely. It's kind yeah. of a bummer. But... No, no, no. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't survive, and that it's like there's so even here in Saint Cloud. I mean, we had. The Keller Bar, which is still going, uh, but like the the pickled room, the nest, that's done. They all they do is DJ shit. Like there's no there's one place to play in St. Cloud, Minnesota, if you're an underground rock and roll band. And it used to be we could choose, you know what I mean? Like you pick a couple, but there's nothing anymore. It's it's sad. You know, it's just I do get it. I do get it, especially here because it's a college place. And no one gives a shit about fucking stony music. You know, droney fucking shit. So I do get it, but to go to a DJ, but that's how they have to pay their bills. Right. <laughs> you know, we call it the boom, boom room. 
You got to go to the boom, boom room. <laughs> Shit, man. Yeah. I mean, my, I remember as a kid, I'd sit side because my dad used to play the red carpet and all that. And then oh, I'd, yeah. that's, and then I'd see all these like grungy looking dudes hanging out in the alley going down that side step. I'm like, where are these guys? The side step to the Keller bar. Man. Yeah. So then I'd stumble <laughs> into the Keller bar and then that was like my introduction to, you know, that realm. Cause my dad's into like funk and R and B and shit. Sure. Which would be upstairs. Yes, exactly. And yep. I roamed around and found some crusty fucking punk. That's some crusty fuckers downstairs. And that's where you stay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And, I think we pretty much did most. Well, we can definitely do more of these, man. If you're down, um, I, you know, I got I got a couple minutes. I got to yeah. try and get some words to go on and all that bullshit. But no, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, you're, man. you're a bad motherfucker. Got... You're so close. The next time you come to town, man, let's get together. Hell yeah, man. I definitely have one of them Steve Miller life. Actually, and that being said, I got a one of my buddies, uh, Matthew Janitis. He he actually right now he's playing an Andy McCoy from Handoy Rocks Band. Um, he okay. He, he does like a podcast interview thing. Um, it'd be cool if you kind of talked with him because he's, uh, I mean, he's played with everybody, and he right now he lives in Finland. I'd love to. And yeah, yeah, he, I'd love to. he's Living got my a, information. I'd love to do it. All right, I'll I'll get you guys in contact. But in in summation, um. This is the kind of a big one I want to work on with this podcast because uh, we have a lot of a lot of our listeners are like up and coming bands and shit in the Midwest, that's, that's, so that's cool. That's, and so this is kind of something new I want to try is like what kind of advice, just quick quick advice or like something that you would give for an upcoming band. Yeah, in this day and age. Okay, um, the advice I'd give for an upcoming band is practice, practice, practice. Thank you, practice. Thank you, because that is exactly what I tell them. <laughs> <laughs> practice, practice. If you think that your song rules, man, we got this motherfucker. She's nailed down. Do it ten more times. Exactly. Because there's a there's a big difference. It's night and day between your jam room and the stage. Yep. And and then the other thing that I would tell them is self promote. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Because no one's gonna know about you unless you do it. Yep. Unless you go out there and fucking say it. But then at the same time, when you're in your jam room and you can be drinking your fucking Steve Miller lights, you can do all your fucking things, you know, be hammered and smoking dope, that's cool. But when you get on stage, none of it. Yep. Drink water. Exactly. Drink water and Gatorade. You have 45 minutes, maybe, to, you know, you can wait 45 minutes to drink a beer. Yep. No, every, like, Gorgatron, we're known for partings. We are professional partiers. But no, we, we party, yeah. yeah party, we, party, 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 party. We don't do you shit. I've I, I realized over the years where you, you show up to your gig, you know what I mean, and you got your dressing room and you, your writer's out. So if, if the writer's complete, which is next to nil, but let's say it's complete, and Pentagram, let's just use Pentagram, for example, that means we have a bottle of Jack Daniels, two bottles of red wine, a bottle of absolute vodka, three cases of beer. And you know what I mean? So it's like instantly you go right for the fucking beer. Sure. And and you load in at fucking 2.30 in the afternoon. Right. You don't fucking play until 11 or 12. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to, easy guy, like yeah. easy, because I'm getting paid. I wouldn't go to my day job all <laughs> fucked up. Exactly. That's why I, I, I bring a, I bring a longboard with. I like to go and explore the town, 
Like I, I, I putz around and I, I just kind of do my own thing. Like we don't, yeah. drink, we don't drink or do any. Some of the guys smoke, you know, smoke up and shit, but they, they do that oh, all day. You can smoke up until you're blue in the face. It's not gonna fuck you up. Like, yeah, but we don't drink. Eight years not, before you fucking play. People get <laughs> upset. Like there's been times because I mean we're playing, you know, we're playing a lot of shit fast, <laughs> and there's, right, no, there's right. no room to be sloppy at all. Um, Look, I, I'm a, I've never heard the band. I never heard the, the Gorgatron band. I, I want to, and I will. Very well. Um, but I'm assuming that it's very technical stuff, so you need to be on your fucking A game. Yeah. You yeah, know? Man, that's... I've, seen bands, I've watched bands that were really fucking good, but then they're all fucked up on stage because it's party, 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 rock and roll, oh. and they're terrible. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I take it away as a, I fall live because, like, I'm a firm believer of there's a absolute night and day difference between studio and live. Mm-hmm. Live is what you're gonna it's gonna go in one ear and off the other, but you're always gonna remember it. You know what I mean? Yep. And if if you're all fucked up and you suck, we played with bands that were just like, What are you doing, guy? <laughs> like it took twenty minutes. So half of your set, the tune of fucking guitar. Yeah, that's... You know, but you have like 18 fucking Coronas on your fucking 5150. Yeah, I'd fucking walk off the you know, stage if I was... Knock on, it off. If I had like, a band member that did some shit like that, I, oh my God, dude, I'd fucking stab him. <laughs> oh, it's terrible, because then you have to pick up the slack and you have to like pick it up and ah, deal with it. But especially if it's like a guitar player or even a drummer, I'm like, all that, it, it doesn't matter if you're... Any part of the band, if you're all fuckered up, yep. it, it these people paid to watch you play music. Exactly. So goddamn it, you don't go to your day job at Domino's or wherever the fuck you work, all snookers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> take, take shit seriously. Like that. That would be my other advice. Take it seriously. It's a job. There you go. All right, man. Well, yeah, dude. Um, that had. I couldn't have said it better because that's what I say, especially with the bands I work right. with. What 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 should you be doing? What are you, are you practicing right now? No, then go practice. Practice, 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 practice. Yeah. I got this new band in town here. Uh, a bunch of old buddies that shit. I've been playing with. I mean, we're all in our mid forties. We've been playing with each other for twenty fucking years. And I sound really weird that we've been playing with each other. Right. We've been playing music with each other. <laughs> awesome. So we just got together. And uh, started doing like this, this stony rock band, like this caveman rock and roll, Fu Manchu, yep. you know, just fuzzed out, just riff, 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 riff. And we don't, you know, you don't drink, you know, you can have a couple of cocktails while you're doing it, but let's take it seriously. Yep. So it's, it's kind of cool to like hook up with the right dudes who are in the right frame of mind. Yep. No, it's, uh, I, I, I'm also in a. I got another side project that's like it's an instrumental like fuzz rock band called El Supremo. And nice. uh Great. Yeah, dude, it's it's uh it's uh it's an honor to jam with those two guys cuz uh two of the guys used to be in a band called Egypt that Oh, of, I love you, Chad. Chad's yeah. one of my I love Chad to death. And yeah. what's his new band something which something? Well, yeah, so yeah, he's in a so he's in a band called El Supremo with Neil from Egypt. Yep, I have the El Supremo fucking CD. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See how small the fucking world is? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> uh, and then Chad started the fucking coolest band. Yeah, ever. brother. And then Chad started another band with uh 
one of my buddies who I got to move up from Alexandria, Minnesota. Uh, that's Gypsy Wizard Queen. Gypsy Wizard Queen, that's it. Yeah. That is fucking cool. So that, All instrumental? Yeah, so uh, El Supremo's instrumental. Gypsy Wizard Queen's like half, in, half vocals, half instrumental shit. Okay, I've only seen a couple of videos and then some Bandcamp stuff where it was all yeah. music. But yeah, they have cool. they have a new album that they just finished up, and then El Supremo has Chad like, Rupp, man. Dude, He's Chad. a good dude. If you ever see him tell Minnesota Pizza, hi. He he lives with my guitar player Paul from Gorgatron. Okay, you tell him that Minnesota Pizza is hi because I haven't seen him in years. All right, brother. and he's a fucking good dude. He is top shelf. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Right he on. looks like a wizard. And guess what? You know what? And and to bring this all together before we end it, and what Chad does when he gets home is he puts on the TV and he sits with his practice pads because he's always practicing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yep, I remember uh, I had a band um, with one of his buddies named Brad. It was called Spiritual Outlaws, and it was just me and this, and this bass player. So I played the drums, all the guitars, and then this my buddy Brad, uh, Chad's buddy too, played bass. Okay. So I wrote all this music, and at that time I was really bad in the fucking drugs, like speed, you know, like yep. so. Yep. All the music was just like fucking crazy. <laughs> but we recorded at Chad's place at the old boot shop. Okay. He had that little that little shed or a little building that used to they used to like fix boots. Yep. Or some shit. Yep. That's where his that studio little, was. That little building's still there. Is it? Yep. <laughs> yes, it that is. Was, I mean, this was 20 years ago. Yep. No, but that's the first time I met Chad. And then the Mighty Nimbus, every time we'd go to Fargo or like play shows, Triple Rock, whatever, we'd always bring Egypt out. Hell yeah. And, you know, but telling you this was 15, 20 fucking years ago. But always, Egypt was the band in Fargo. Anytime you go to Fargo, you play with fucking Egypt. Yep. And they're great. Fucking Killer fantastic. Band, man. Killer There's band. no more of them, eh? No, yeah, they, they, they kind of went their separate ways, and that's where Chad and then Neil, the guitar they player. They a, a nice record deal. I mean, it was... Uh, Dude, they were playing... They were playing Europe and, like, two, yeah. three times a year. Who was the label? It was uh, not Nuclear Blast. It was um, I Relapse. No, I think they worked out. It was like a smaller label. Cause they yeah, kinda, but it was a good one. It yeah. was like Heavy Sight or Ripple or something. It was something like that. Yeah, but, but it was uh, just like good for you fuckers, man. You deserve it. Yeah, but like sadly, they kind of, those guys broke that off. But then Chad and Neil carried on the Egypt stuff with El Supremo. And then that's where, because yep. Neil also played and plays guitar in Gorgatron. Um, and, okay. he, and Neil's the one who recorded like everything after the Valley of the Kings L, uh, EP. So Chad doesn't record anymore. Oh yeah, he does. He, we just recorded. Okay, cool. Yeah, we just recorded like a double album of music for El Supremo. And he was the producer engineer. Uh, he's the drum. He drummed, and then our, oh, yeah. our okay. guitar players uh, engineered the whole thing. Yeah, I remember the El Supremo CD. I can see it vividly. It's like a. Um, it was like an old couch. A speaker. Yeah, What's yeah, that? yeah, yeah. That's what it was. The speaker fabric. Yep. It was a speaker fabric, the front of a cabinet. Yes. Yep. So I yeah, own that. we put. Yeah, Elsa <laughs> Elsa Primo put out a new album uh, two years ago called Clarity Through Distortion. <laughs> ah. Uh, okay. And then and then yeah, we, now we have a double album that hasn't been released or announced yet, but it's it's gonna come out soon. 
and it's nice. Fucking... Let's make sure you said Chad High. Dude, I yeah. lost uh, about three and a half years ago. Um, me and my wife lost our baby. Okay. Um, she died and all this. So it, it just kind of fucked my brain and everybody. So I got off Facebook because it, it was nothing to do with like people kept sending me. I almost drunkard and shit. And this is another thing. Drunkard fuck sitting in my basement, and I said something about it, which I shouldn't have. Right. Um, so I kept getting all these, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 and, which is sweet. Thank you for fucking caring. But then at the same time, I said, I'm done with this. Like, I just don't want to deal with this. So I haven't been on Facebook in three fucking years. You're or not, something. You're not really lost, missing anything. I lost contact with a bunch of cool dudes, like Chad included. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, maybe me and you were friends in there. I don't fucking know. Yeah. But I, I, I lost that. Oh. And do, I don't miss it. You know what You're I mean? I'm not missing anything, really. But tell you what, man. Oh, I, I know. I know. I'm not missing how much Trump sucks and yeah. fucking whatever. I'll text, you, I'll text you Chad's number. And then that you... would be fantastic, Cameron. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Hell yeah, man. Well, he's a good dude. Like, me and him, yeah. He's solid. He's solid as shit. Awesome. I love that, man. Hell yeah, man. Well, fucking a, man. This is a good talk, man. I, we will do something. We'll do something more soon here, right? I'm kinda... Absolutely, yeah. Keep my number and, and get me uh, if you want. Get me in touch with your, your dude out there in where'd you stay, Belgium or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get me in touch with him and um, yeah. Paragraphs doing fifty years tour. It's fifty fucking years. Jesus, the band's been alive. I was, you so, know what? Yeah. We'll we'll save it for the next one. Because you saying that you were a Kiss fan, there's there's the the pentagram Kiss story. Oh yeah, no, I know it. Yeah, you know, I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures, so awesome. it's real. Okay, so it's real. Tell you what, the <laughs> next time we chat and do the podcast, we will we will get into that, and then we can get into even more. <laughs> That's all fantastic, brother. All right, man. Awesome talk. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, hit me up anytime, man. All right, dude. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, there we go. That was, uh, I, you know, I, I made a list of shit to, like, go through, but I, that shit sucks, man. When I worked at that radio station, I'd sit and have to, like, fucking fuck that. We just had a conversation. That was cool as shit, man. Heavy Metal Pete. Y'all need to check his shit out. And after you check his shit out, be sure to check out GorgatronBand.com. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, we got a few shows coming up. We're only we're, we're finishing up this new album. Um, we got an EP to put out here soon and some uh, actual announcements. Uh, but I ain't gonna bother you with all that. Just uh, spread the word, practice, and fuck off. Peace. <laughs>